back to the Watermelon Seeds Podcast. I'm Joseph. And I'm Ellie. And today we are bringing back the Book of Esther in the second week of our devotional series. We're going to go through the second uh, half of Esther and uh, kind of seek to understand what happens after chapter 7. So we're going to be in chapter, starting in chapter 8 today, and it goes through chapter 10. So it's about... Uh, two pages, page and a half left of the book and a lot of wisdom, a lot of good things that we can apply to our lives in this book and in this uh, last couple chapters. So we're excited to dive in. Ellie, what do you think? I'm excited too. I was noticing it's definitely, our first half was definitely more chapters than the second half. But I think Joseph mentioned this in the first episode of like, the arc of the story, like it makes sense that it was halfway because it was kind of like all these things building up, building up, building up, building up to Esther's final request in chapter seven. And then eight, nine, 10 kind of finishes it off. So if you're following along with the story and you're like, they're on chapter eight already, (laughs) that's kind of how we like split it up. (laughs) But yeah, we're so excited to be back. Part two, Esther. Chapter eight is like the climax of the story. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's um, the pin, like you said, the pinnacle. Yep. yep. All right. So, for everyone, a little recap. At this point, Esther has told the king about Haman's plan to kill the Jews, and she has requested that that not happen. So, Haman's already been taken care of. They hung him where he was planning on hanging Mordecai. If this is a lot to take in, you should definitely listen to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but now we're picking up in eight. So Joseph, do you want to say a little bit about what happens? Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So basically, um, to continue off of what Ellie said, um, Esther realizes that she has an opportunity, uh, to speak up and say something. And, um, she has two gatherings, two banquets and, uh, on the first one, she's like, I have something really big to tell you. And then, but she doesn't say it. And then on the second one, she's like, okay, I'm going to say it. And then in chapter eight, that's when Esther really uh, tells the king. And it starts in verse five. And basically, it says, if um, I have found favor in his sight and the things seem right and I am pleasing in his eyes. Please let uh, what was written by Haman be revoked uh, so that the Jews will not be destroyed. And then um, and then the queen said to Esther, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows. So that's when Esther really speaks up to the king and tells him um, that she's a Jew and that the Jews should be saved. Mm-hmm. And then from there... Um, the Jews hear about this and um, are excited, are feeling lots of emotions, and they go out and destroy their enemies. <laughs> and so they go out to all the provinces and um, destroy their enemies. And then they have a feast at the end of the book. And basically Mordecai is put on this pedestal. So 
basically how Haman was put on the pedestal at the beginning. It is showing that reflection of that U shape, remember? So like everything that happened to Haman at the beginning is now happening to Mordecai. So uh, at the end, Mordecai and Esther are just exemplified and um, honestly even praised in a little bit for the bravery and the faith and the trust and hope that uh, they had in themselves and in God for um, and just trusting God that he will be able to use them and give them the strength and courage in a moment to save the Jews. So basically mm-hmm. that's the last couple of chapters. Yes. And now we're going to uh, zoom in from our 30,000 foot view into a thousand foot view. Well, <laughs> okay. I have a question for you. Um, okay, so I was noticing in verse 3, so chapter 8, verse 3, it says, Esther fell at his feet and wept and pleaded with him. So, like, obviously she's, like, very emotional about this. Like, she's, like, wanting to, like, she's, like, falling at his feet, like, weeping and pleading. I don't know. It just made me realize in my life, like, what things have I really ever wanted that bad that I was, mm-hmm. like, like that emotional about it? So, I don't know if you have an answer to that, but has there ever been anything in your life that you've, like, wanted that bad or like had so much emotion about or like needed <laughs> that was kind of on the spot but um i think to some of the bigger decisions that i've made i think that um i'm not a one to weep a lot <laughs> uh, but i think that there's definitely been decisions that i've had to lean more on god to help me make and to help me feel secure in um, so well, decisions that come to mind are choosing my job. I am very much someone that likes to think through all my options. And so when I decided to work for hope, um, it was not an easy one. And I really had to prayerfully think and consider it, all my other options and, um, trust mm-hmm. that God would, was able to, um, be there, show up for me in that moment. And, help me know that that was the right option and help me find purpose and um, just help me know that that was the right fit for me, honestly. So I would mm-hmm. say that I would say um, another big moment that I really had to trust God in Um, I would say dating you, Ellie. I would say really? going into our relationship. Um, it I've always said that like it was easy to know and it was it's been very easy dating you, but I've had to trust God so much. Um, just to like take steps of faith and have the courage to ask you out on dates and um take the lead on a lot of the things we do and just um, help us grow in our relationship with God. So I would say that it's not always easy and I got to really lean on him um, to help us have a godly relationship. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Those are big ones. I think for me, I... I'm just thinking of times where I just like have like not known 
I just I like like the feeling of like falling at his feet. I feel like there's just times where I'm like, okay, I just feel like I don't know what to do like with my family or with, with these friends. Like those times when I get really emotional, like in those moments, like I feel like there's times that I feel like I'm just falling at God's feet. Like I feel like that's kind of my reaction. Um, so I feel like I've had that experience before, but just the way that Esther is like pleading and she knows exactly what she needs. Like she knows that this evil plan needs to be like ended. It's just interesting. So I like that we got to hear about our like different ways that we've had to fall at God's feet before. And yeah, like for you, it was lots of like trusting and seeking like decision-making and wisdom. And then I think like for me, mine can just be like when I feel like I don't know what to do or like hopeless, just kind of like laying it over, like open hands, just like giving things to God. And then for Esther, it was like saving a whole people group. So <laughs> she's kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I would say in, uh, when you mm-hmm. say the word hopeless, that makes me think of another thing. And I feel like most of the listeners probably know a lot of my testimony, but I'm going to give a little bit of it here. Um, when I played hockey at Eau Claire and once I mm-hmm. got cut, um, that was a moment wherein I realized I put a lot of identity and value and worth into how good I was as a hockey player and getting mm-hmm. cut was really hard. And um, it made me feel hopeless after that. And so after that moment, I was really starting to learn what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus and um, how God can have a big influence in my life. And so I had a choice to lean on God and trust that he can provide for me or try to continue to do it all by myself and Mm -hmm. find identity in myself. So yeah, that'll be be another moment. I think that's a good one too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. As we think about um, this book being, um, a foreshadowing of the gospel and how uh, we can trust in God in any moment and how um, just like Esther, Jesus comes to save us. Um, We'll talk about that more next week. No spoiling. (laughs) You get a little hint, but basically as, as we look at this book as a foreshadowing, I think it's good to see how, um, a moment like that in my life can be a reflection of how Jesus saved me and loves me and uh, helps me know how to trust him and how to lean on him in my life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just the fact that Esther knew exactly who was going to be able to save the people. So she went straight to him. And, like, if we know exactly who's going to save us, we should go straight to him with all the emotion. But, okay. Moving right along. Yes, yes, yes. We're just going to bounce around in this podcast. Um, What would you say that you um, align with or relate to the most in the second half of mm. the Book of Esther? Mm. Interesting. It's kind of more of an open-ended question than you asked That's me. That's very but. open-ended. Uh, yeah. Just something that you would you that stuck out, and you're like, "Ooh." Hmm. I think. Okay. Well. Uh, okay. Wait. I'm torn. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I guess. I, okay, so chapter 8, verse 16 
It says the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. I feel like that describes my life when I'm really living in a way that is like, okay, I'm so aware of how much God loves me and I'm so aware of how forgiven I am. And like the fact that my identity isn't in anything I'm doing or what other people think about me. It's just seriously only about God and the fact that I'm chosen and loved already. So I feel like when I'm on my best days, when I'm like remembering that and like living fully in that, I feel like my heart is like that where it's just glad and light and joy. Like, I feel like that's how I feel. Like that's like the Holy Spirit in me. Like it's not me, but it's the Holy Spirit in me. And I think that's because, yeah, the Jews were saved. I'm saved. Like when saved people know they're saved and they act saved. And like that is the response. So I would say I relate to that. But I'm saying on my best days because, of course, there's times where I still live in sin or choose to sin. And, of course, I'm, like, missing out on experiencing grace. And, of course, I am sad sometimes, like, or I miss out on feeling light and joy and all those things. So I don't want people to think, like, oh, you guys are just joy. (laughs) That's not true. But I think I relate to that. Yeah. When I'm. Oh, buddy's perfect. Yeah. When I'm walking with Jesus well, though, I think that's how I feel. Verse 16. Nice. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Thank you for asking that. What would you say? Did you have an answer or was that just an asking question? (laughs) You know me too well. Yeah. No, I like to ask questions, but not answer them. But I will. Um, I would say that as I think about how Esther took a step of faith and chose to do something, um, I'm going to relate it to discipleship um, as I chose to take time every week to disciple other guys, um, being able to see like how God uh, really worked in their lives and um, how they really took ownership of their faith and um, how I was able to play a part. Like obviously God um, did the real work and changed their hearts, but how was that? I was able to play a part and see some fruit in their lives from taking the making the choice and taking the time to disciple them i think it uh, aligns well with how esther took the step of faith and then how they were um the greatness of esther and mordecai was revealed and how like that fruit of their decision was shown so that the alignment there of like i put in the hours every week and was never like Oh, that's what happened from that. Like it's it's not very quantifiable, but over a long period of time, being able to see how uh, these awesome guys were able to grow in their relationship with Jesus was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good connection with this too, because of the Mordecai Esther relationship, and like the way Mordecai poured into Esther, he like didn't know that someday she would be queen. but because they had a relationship where they trusted each other and that was different because he was kind of taking care of her but still like in our spiritual journeys like you don't know what the guys that you discipled what life choices they're going to have in the future and like lee who discipled you didn't know what life choices you would have in the future but knowing that the most important thing is helping someone be grounded in their faith and knowing that that will help them in whatever they do in life like you just don't know what cool stories and god moments will come from that so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Very cool. Also, it's cool because we were talking about that this week, about how that's kind of a goal you have in your current stage of life is to see what that will look like in a new way 
for those that aren't involved in crew, crew like has something that's literally called discipleship and you meet up once a week and like you get discipled. So if you're not in crew, then you kind of just seek that out in new ways, like through a church or through friendships or even family members, just like making intentional relationships where um, you're not just saying, oh, like want to get coffee and talk about the weather, <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh, like what's actually been hard in your life or what things can I pray for? You know, like those relationships, being intentional with them, especially when you're living in a new city. Like the fact that that's a goal of yours, I think is really good. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone pray for Joseph to find some really old wise dude. Amen. (laughs) To disciple him and then some young bucks to disciple as well. (laughs) We never say young bucks. I want to be a samurai sword. What is that? My Bible is the sword and the old man is the iron oh interesting i want want to be a really sharp samurai iron sharpens iron i see it i get you nice Um, yes yeah anything else you'd like to talk about um i have a question for you but i'll share my answer like oh you're gonna pre-share your answer yeah i'll share my answer that way that way you have time to think But my question was going to be the Sounds flip like side of your question. question. So you Tell asked me. what's something you relate with. And then Ooh. I want to ask, like, what's something that you want to learn from? Or like, what's something you want to be better at or grow in from these chapters? Nice. From 8, 9, and 10. Yeah. And I already um, know my answer because I was thinking about this five seconds ago. But, Ooh. okay. So the whole Feast of Purim or whatever that situation is. Yeah. At the end, I was kind of thinking in my head, usually stuff like that I kind of read over in the Bible because I'm like, okay, like more holidays where they eat food and then do (laughs) fasting. I don't know what they do. But then it hit me like this is actually so meaningful. Like they're choosing. Okay. It says, okay, verse 22 blows my mind. It says the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. I was like, what? That's so cool. They could have just been like, okay, good. We're saved. Move on. But no, they want this to be a holiday that's celebrated month to month, year to year. And not only is it celebrated with gladness, but they're actually doing things by sending gifts to each other and gifts to the poor. So I like was like, first of all, in my life, hopefully this isn't too much of a rant. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, But in my life, first of all, I, I want to have like feasts or like ways I remember God doing things. For example, I want to think about like the day that I moved schools in Texas in fourth grade. Like I should celebrate that day every year and be like, God yeah, provided friends for me. And like he provided a school and the best teacher ever, Miss Whaley. I love her. Like just different things like that in my life. Like I want to celebrate those things over and over. I don't want to just, just be one and done. Thanks God. Move on. Like I want to be remembering these things over and over. So I think that's kind of like what I want to grow from is just celebrating better. Like I feel like the old Testament Jews just celebrated so much. And all I do right now is Christmas (laughs) and Easter. (laughs) I feel like I could celebrate God so much more in my own life. So can we have a party every day? Yeah. Prayer party for Jesus. What about you? Did you think of anything? We're going to be just worshiping and dancing and hanging out with our friends every day. And people are going to be like, what are you doing? You're like, praise uh, Jesus. We're just having a lifelong party. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, One thing that I think is interesting that I would like to be better at is throughout, especially throughout nine and eight and nine and 10, I guess it's mentioned is it mentioned in nine? Let's see. 
Maybe it's not mentioned in 10. Yeah, it's mentioned in 8 and 9. How once this uh, decree of killing the Jews was uh, dismissed, mm-hmm. Esther and Mordecai told all 127 provinces. It doesn't say 125 or 120 mm-hmm. or 10 or 80. Mm-hmm. And they didn't change from uh, chapter to chapter. And I think the importance there is the significance there is like they included everybody, like they told everybody, like they wanted everyone to be a part of this. And I think it's easy for me sometimes to like reach out to some people or be intentional with some people or um, try to tell some people about uh, the gospel. But the uh, reminder for me here is that everyone is worthy of knowing everyone um is worthy of my time and attention and so mm-hmm. um not forgetting about people and making an effort to help everyone know who Jesus is is um important and necessary mm-hmm. I agree that's really true too because um celebrating like with everyone is really sweet and like that is meaningful like no yeah. one's left out of that in this and no one's left out of that in life like we all deserve to well, we don't deserve, but we are gifted God's grace and people. God wants everyone to know that. Like there's so many books of the Bible that say all people, all nations, all cities, all countries. So yeah, I agree. That's a good, that's a very small detail, but you really noticed it. Good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. Yeah. I think we're going to try to keep this one short. So yeah, um, I think that's going to be all for part two. Mm-hmm. Check us out next week for the next podcast which we're going to continue in part three of this uh four-week devotional where we're going to talk about how uh this book is a lot of foreshadowing so tune Mm -hmm. in next week for that we gave you a little sneak peek of what that's going to look like later and earlier in the episode but uh tune in next week it's going to be a great episode and we'll be looking forward to seeing you yay um can i pray for us yes please Dear Lord, thank you for our ability to, once again, open your word, uh, learn about what uh, your word has to say for our lives, and giving us the ability to have the technology to be able to um, have other people listen to our voices. I pray that as we apply these words to our lives, that we're humbled by it, we are reformed by it, we're refined by it, and we are able to take it out into the world and share your love for other people. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. That was so fun. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Yeah, it was fun. I was holding my breath there. Goodbye, everybody. All right, have a good week. Bye.